Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. I'm Scott Pianowski, and I cordially invite you to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecasts. We're presented by Planters. They've been snacking and satisfying your cravings for over 100 years. It is the nuttiest time of the year. Dalton Del Don's here with me, too. He's, he's pretty nutty. And we're going to be talking about handicapping, picking winners, picking props, giving you all sorts of good intel into week 15. Dalton, you know what satisfied me today? Snow. There's, there's snow on the ground. There's snow on my car. There's snow on my sidewalk. And when Fenway the dog comes in from outside, there's snow on my dog too. And uh, I know there's probably not a white Christmas where you are. I could deal with a, a short winter, like a month maybe, but uh, nothing wrong with a little snow in December. Yeah, no snow where I am at, but um, not too far from a couple hours. Uh, so I may take the kids there eventually this winter. But yeah, it's that time of year. You know, this this season and year is somehow both taken forever yet flown by at the same time. So I don't know how to explain it, but here we are, the fantasy playoffs uh the week 15 betting lines but uh yeah man it's 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 winter are there any games affected this this week by the weather I, when i looked there wasn't I'm, I'm i'm kind of disappointed there hasn't been any uh any weather games lately yeah i haven't come up with a game either maybe i don't know maybe denver can cook up a snowstorm between now and then of course that's a saturday game it'll be one of the earliest games we get to and if, if we uh if we tickle your fancy with any of these picks you can turn it into straight hard cash over with our friends at betmgm.com if you want to get in on the action, you're a new user, you get a $25 bonus upon registration. There's no deposit required. You can use it immediately. And you also receive a 100% deposit match up to 1K with that first deposit. You can sign up at betmgm.com slash Yahoo and uh, make sure you use the promo code sportsbook, all one word, to make your first deposit so you know where we came from. We told you to go there, get the extra dollars, pick winners. Repeat until rich. The promo is valid for new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, Tennessee, and Colorado. You must be 21 years or older, and terms do apply. Okay, Dalton, so let's get to it. Before we go to the slate, it's always fun to go over to BetMGM and work on some props. I've been doing a lot of MVP betting and hedging and NFC East betting and hedging. We've given you a lot of that talk in previous weeks. Let's give you something different to think about the NFC conference winner. Okay, the Packers have moved into the pilot's chair. They're the favorites right now, plus 250. Saints are catching 280. Uh, Rams are plus two, uh, 450. Buccaneers plus 600. Seahawks plus 650. It's really a five-team race, I would think, right now to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC. I think the Cardinals, Washington, Vikings, Giants are all notable long shots. Do you have a, a prop here, a side here, an angle here that you like uh, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl? 
It makes sense that the Packers are the rightful favorites. It's obviously so huge getting that by. Uh, it looks like their schedule is fairly favorable the final three games. Um, and if they're the real de- – I mean, there's nothing fluky about the way they're playing football this season. Love that offense. I mean, they rely on their passing offense. So it's a definitely legit team. I will take the Rams here just because of – to give you a little better odds at plus 450 and the fact I have them at 25-1. to 1. They're the one NFC team. I took the Steelers on the AFC team, which I am not feeling good about. Um, so just for my own personal rooting interest, I, I like the Rams. And I will also add that they have allowed the fewest yards per play this season by 0.3 yards, nearly a half a yard uh, overall the whole season and the last three three games. I mean, this team arguably has the best defense. And uh, McVay, I know he was really uh, – obviously dominated in that Super Bowl against uh, Belichick, but um, obviously a, a, a typical coaching advantage week to week. So I'll go with the Rams at near 5-1. to one. Yeah, I think you found the best value here. Um, you know, if I was forced to just make a pick with, with no odds, if I was trying to set up a playoff angle for some kind of contest or something, I do think the Packers make sense as the favorite. And I also think we're not, we're not going to go heavy into it right now, but I think Rodgers is going to win the MVP. This is from somebody who had a decent Mahomes set of um, – Props built up, and I, I bought a lot of hedge off that with Rodgers. I, I think he's going to win the narrative vote, and I think his stats, if it, they're as good as Mahomes is, and Rodgers has a really good schedule to finish. I don't see anybody's yeah. going to stop him the rest of the way. It almost seems like the Packers are gunning for it, too. But yeah, the Rams, they're, throwing, they're throwing it any time near the goal line. It's hurting Aaron Jones as fantasy managers, but it's really helping the MVP case for, for Rodgers, the way they're throwing the ball inside the five. Right. And, and Devontae Adams, if you took his the, the level of play he's had and applied it to a 16-game season, you'd have the best PPR receiver year of wow. all time. Wow. And even with missing two games, he's on pace to wow. finish wide receiver 11 all time. I, I know that those stats are always going to skew towards the modern game because it's so much easier to throw now. But still, I mean, he's having a generationally great season. Looks like he's going to make his first all-pro team. Not, not pro ball, but first all-pro team. One of the two best receivers in football and probably a first-round pick next year. The Rams are the most complete team in this conference. The problem is that the one thing that you would want the Rams to have, they don't have, which is a, you know, absolute lockdown quarterback that you can trust week in, week out. You know, Goff, we know that he can be sensitive to pressure. We know that a lot of what he does is, you know, McVay being the puppeteer. They have good skill talent, maybe very good. I, I don't know if it's, you know, transcendent and great. I don't know if we'll talk about Robert Woods, the future generations and stuff like that. You know, even though he's a good player, they have a lot of good players on this team. But the stars, it feels like, are on the defense. It's Goff. You know, Goff is going to determine how far they go, even though I think they're the most complete team and maybe even the most well-coached team in this conference. So I sign off with, sounds like what you were saying, the Rams at plus 450 are the interesting value on this ticket. One thing I'd add there, nine times out of ten, I'm, I'm usually always about the passing offense, and the Chiefs should rightfully be the Super Bowl favorites by far. But th- this Rams team does uh, kind of remind me of last year's 49ers team. That's just a bad matchup for the Packers. That Their their one vulnerability is against the run. Um, and that, normally that's a smart football, but, man, with the Rams' defense and that rushing attack, like the Niners last year, I could see in the playoffs that not being great for the Packers. It's funny. I think it was universally held that after 13 and three, the Packers didn't really have the metrics of a 13 and three team. Regression was right. on the way. And here we are. They're probably, I mean, look, anything can happen. But with that schedule and with the Saints having to play the Chiefs this week, I, I don't know how the Packers can get moved off the spot. While punting the first two rounds of the draft, too. I mean, <laughs> imagine. Imagine that. You know, I mean, I guess if we want to be snarky, we could say the Jordan Love pick was just to get Rodgers. You know, get him a little bit fired up. I, I don't know. Um, A.J. Dillon 
even when healthy, I know he's had no breaks with the health this year, but even when he's healthy, I think he's their third best running back. So, yeah, I don't understand their draft either, but they're going to be laughing all the way to the number one seed in most cases. Let's get cooking. We get a fun slate this week. This game's on four different days of the week, starting with the Thursday matchup. The Chargers fresh off their uh, – man, God love the Falcons' social media. You're know, saying basically the Falcons and the Chargers are the same team. You know, they're, they're both going to – Blow it in the end. Well, the Chargers blew it a little bit less than the Falcons did. They got their win. Now they go to Vegas to play the stumbling Las Vegas Raiders. Man, they really should be on a three-game losing streak or four-game losing streak. Somehow they beat the Jets because the Jets didn't want to lose that game. Vegas is a three-point favorite. Total is 52-and-a-half. What are you doing with the Thursday night game? (laughs) I took the three points, but obviously you just do not feel confident uh, backing Anthony Lynn a short week as well. Um, I think Eckler should uh, do well against this horrible run defense. Uh, but then again, the Chargers can't run block either. Um, the spread is right. Um, Herbert, by the way, the last four or five games, is just the YPA has not been there. But it's to be expected from a rookie. So still still a big fan long term. And, and I took the points here, but absolutely hate it. Uh, hate backing an Anthony Lynn team right now. Yeah, I, I don't think either one of these teams you can take with any confidence. The Raiders defense is so bad, they just fired their coordinator. Yeah, you yes, know? good point. Yeah. Good luck with that. Uh, just a heads up, if you need Henry Ruggs, he's on the COVID list, so he won't be active in week 15, kind of the sneaky fantasy play. I'm not, if he's, not sure if he's even sneaky anymore. Nelson Aguilar's up to seven touchdowns, and he started to get heavier target volume. I think he's got 35 targets the last four weeks. The problem I always have with Aguilar is I was just afraid a two, three, four target game was you know, just about ready to come at any point. But it seems like they finally made him a full-time member of their passing game. Yeah, and to bang up Jacobs, as you said, so he might be the only guy there. I mean, Renfro's nice PPR underneath stuff, but uh, yeah, Aguilar, he's he's had a couple near long plays as well this year, so he's been a surprising, nice surprise. If you're in a if you're in a in a deeper league, he's an option. So we're both gonna suffer with the Anthony Lynn Chargers on Thursday night. That's yeah. this gonna be three hours of hell, Dalton. I just want yeah, you to be ready yeah. for that. It's not gonna be fun. Uh, I have another unfun side. On Saturday, because I took the Broncos at home, they're getting seven against Buffalo. It's, it's no fun to, to bet against this Buffalo offense right now. Dolphins catching a full touchdown, and over at BetMGM, the total is 49 and a half. This is a Saturday game, so, so heads up. This is the when the NFL starts dipping to the Saturday slate. We have two games on Saturday, so you know before you do some holiday shopping or trim your tree or whatever you're doing, just make sure you have your fantasy interests set and you have your props ready to go. Uh, Dalton, what are you doing with the Bills and Broncos? I took the home dog. It's the full seven there. Mile high is still not the easiest place to play. I know home field has mattered far less this season, but um, the altitude there is obviously unchanged. Uh, their offense has uh, done a little better lately. Still do not believe in, in Locke long term, and I hope his okay play lately hasn't you know kind of changed the Broncos' view there, especially getting Sutton back next year. It's such an interesting uh, set of skill position players, but Took the the home home team with seven points. I know the Bill. I mean, the Bills have the strongest argument as any team to be the number two team in the AFC right now, and I believe in them. They're they're the real deal. Uh, but give me the home dog here. Yeah, something I struggled with when I handicapped this game is that the Broncos have a funnel defense. They're terrible against the run, and they're good against the pass. Do the Bills have either the personnel or the inclination to attack that weakness, or they're just going to say, "Look, we're a passing offense now." And, and I hope everybody's noticed Gabe Davis is basically a full-time player now. I mean, he's he had 83% snaps on Sunday night. That was his lowest in any non-John John Brown game. In several weeks, he's been in the 90s. So he's kind of somebody who's got sneaky value right now. But I wonder if the Bills will just say, look, we do what we want. We are who we are. Or if they'll try to attack Denver's weakness. Although I, I don't think the Buffalo running backs are anything special. 
Yeah, AJ Boye uh, is out again. And um, yeah, I think John Brown has been removed from the COVID list, but he still has like a, a 21 day window. So I wouldn't expect him right back. And if he sits again, I absolutely agree that Gabe Davis is an interesting uh, flyer. Man, Cole Beasley is way better at football than I gave him credit for. But man, uh, this is not, it's not the, the easiest matchup. As you said, they're easier to run against. But Josh Allen looked good in the second half against Pittsburgh. And man, they're just clicking. And uh, I expect them to remain pretty, uh, pretty passive. Like some metrics neutral, they're the most pass heavy team in football this year. And yet here we are both taking the seven. I think it speaks to the fact that Denver, as you said, in, in an era where home field is just about meaningless, they still have the altitude. You can't you can't take the altitude away from them. Also, you have Buffalo on a, on a slightly different week for them. They have to travel. It's a Saturday game. They played Sunday night. I wonder if that you right. know, they just came off an emotional, look, we're for real. We just knocked off the Steelers. I just think it's a natural letdown spot emotionally. I don't know how anecdotal it is, but they often say teams are really banged up, beat up after a physical matchup with the Steelers the following week is when it shows up. So, I like that. I like that. I'll try to do some research on that before we do the next show. Let's get to the other Saturday night game. We talked a lot about the Packers earlier as being NFC favorites, although maybe not a, a great price at, at plus 250. And Aaron Rodgers getting into that MVP conversation. I think he's the overlay because I think right now it's a coin flip between him and Mahomes. And you can still get Rodgers at plus odds over at BetMGM. Uh, Green Bay is a nine-point favorite against Carolina, a game at Lambeau Field. The total is 51.5. Sounds like yes on DJ Moore, no on Christian McCaffrey, at least the early inclinations for Carolina. What are you doing with the Panthers and Pack? Yeah, I laid the wood here uh, as this, the Packers are playing so well this season. They can, uh, man, they're just unstoppable with Adams. If you're, if you're looking at your, uh, your fantasy lineup, and I think uh, Devontae Adams is uh, in the Yahoo projected for over 20 points right now in a half PPR league I'm in right now. Just, that's, you just don't really see projections for that from wide receivers. Uh, and obviously Aaron Jones could go crazy after disappointing against the Lions defense last week. So I think it's a name your score situation. And will the Carolina Panthers backdoor cover or not? Uh, I'm betting no here. Yeah, it's probably going to come down to that. You know, who wins the fourth quarter when Carolina is trying to speed the game up and maybe get a junk cover in Green Bay? It's always been the kind of the book on Green Bay in the Rodgers era is that a lot of times they start fast, and then when games are in, under control, they they take their foot off the gas. So you wonder about that. Man, I'm playing against Adams in a, a couple of key leagues. I have actually a fair share of Adams on, of my own, but on one league that I, I would like to win where the, the price is pretty good, my opponent has Adams. I'm, you know, at this point, if you would just say, you know, could you would you sign off for a hundred yards and a touchdown here and help oh, yeah. play the game? I think I'd take that. Oh yeah, I'm afraid he could throw two thirty and three at me. Totally scored in eight straight games, I believe. Eight I mean, games. So yeah, so absolutely, I would take that if I were facing Adams uh, this week. And the fact that they're they're liking to pat, they're trying seemingly patting Rodgers' stats for that MVP run. Totally agree. I am in fear. You know. <laughs> I enjoy the NFL most of the year, but when he gets to the fantasy playoffs, I, I get a little bit more anxious because there's no time to fix it. You know, no matter how bad my teams look in September, I can always make a trade. I can always make a pickup. Now it's like, hey, I got a winner. That's that's it. You know, the, the most frustrating day is the day after you're eliminated on a team that you thought could win the whole thing. And I had a few of that uh, that experience in week 14. So I'm, I'm very nervous here that, that Adams is going to go ham against me. We'll, we'll see what happens. The Sunday slate... Houston Texans and Indianapolis Colts getting around to their rematch. Uh, they they played just a couple of weeks ago, the game that died inside the five-yard line on a Deshaun Watson touchdown uh, drive that, that went awry. Houston is seven-and-a-half-point dog on the road. It's a 51-and-a-half over-under. What are you doing with the Texans and Colts? 
I laid the points here, but I'd feel better about it in a teaser. Um, man, T.Y. Hilton just came out of nowhere, and he seems so trustworthy suddenly. Jonathan Taylor looks good. They should. On paper, this looks like such a mismatch. Uh, Taylor, well, not that their run blocking has been nearly as, as good as expected, but Houston's been so, so bad against the run. Um, doesn't matter if Rivers is a little banged up with his foot. So I laid the wood here, but, I mean, the spread feels right. I mean, Deshaun Watson's so good that he keeps any game close. But, man, did you see that Jordan Aikens drop? Uh, I guess it was the sun got in his eyes last week. But it was one of the worst drops uh, you'll see just because no one was within 15 yards of him in the end zone. But then also Watson got hurt the next play, too. Like he should have not even been on the field. So he did return, gutted it out, even though it was meaningless. Man, Watson's such such a fun player to to watch play. But um, I, I laid the points here. I don't play a lot of totals, but I loved the Bears-Texans over last week. And there was a ton of scoring in the first half. But yeah. you know, the game isn't over, literally, until it's over. And that Aikens drop in the sun and then Watson getting dinged up, and then the Bears just kind of taking their foot off the gas, and there weren't there were only two field goals in the second half. That was it. It, it was it was soul-crushing. You know, that game, the, the right side was over. It didn't come in. Aikens has, has made a highlight film of non-touchdown plays. He hit the two of them on Thanksgiving. Not that either one of them was, you know, was maybe a Deontay Johnson drop, shall we say, or an Eric Ebron drop, but, I mean, it's plays you got to make. Um yeah, I watched that. I just tortured myself. I went on to uh, the game rewind and watched the Aikens drop in the sun about 10 times. I don't, I don't know why. I just wanted to torture myself. I took <laughs> the Texans in this game because if I don't have a good reason to take the favorite, I kind of side to the underdog. It's just a belief in Watson. They might be getting cooks back in this game, which would really help the offense. Um, but I, I mean, the Colts are so much better. Um, I, I don't do it with any conviction. I think you're right that the tease leg with the Colts, I mean, getting past all those key numbers from seven and a half down to one and a half on a six point tease, that looks pretty attractive. If you compare them with another team, so if you if you find another team that makes sense, let me know. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Atlanta Falcons, another divisional rematch. I think it's a re- or maybe they, they're playing again on week seventeen. I, I let's scratch that. I think this is the first time they've actually played. Uh, the Bucks giving five and a half on the road. The totals fifteen and a half. This is a hard game for me. Uh, Tampa Bay. Really hasn't clicked. I, I think Antonio Brown was was bringing in a guy to solve a problem they didn't have. The Falcons' defense has been better since they fired uh, Mike uh, Dan Quinn, but it's it's better in the sense that they're like a league average defense now. It's not like it's a, it's a positive unit. Matt Ryan looks like the forty three year old quarterback to me right now. He's just not much going on right in this offense other than Calvin Ridley. Julio's hurt. Todd Gurley is kind of getting phased out of the offense. I took Atlanta, but man, it's with no conviction. Yeah, same exact here. Uh, their defense has been playing so much better. I mean, they, they they played the Saints fairly tough at home a couple weeks ago. They actually have a positive point differential this season, and they're four and nine. Um, yeah, Brady, they're just a hard team to figure out. Um, so I, I took the points. Uh, same with you. I did not feel great about it. Now, this game I know is a rematch because the Patriots and Dolphins played <laughs> yes, in week one. Week one yeah. Kind of an ugly win for the Pats, but they won. They covered. It was back in the Fitzpatrick era. Now it's uh, New England catching two and a half on their trip to Miami. This has generally been a place the Patriots don't play very well, but they're two and a half point dogs. Total is stone low at 41 and a half. It just shows that there's no faith in either one of these offenses. And I guess both teams are, you know, this faith in their defenses. We know Belichick against young quarterbacks is a thing. I don't know who the skill talent is for Miami right now. There's so many guys hurt. I have a couple of deeper fantasy rosters that need to pick a running back from that Miami team. And I have no idea who I'm going to be playing. I, I was, afraid to pick up guys or drop guys from that roster because I have no idea who it's going to be. I, only thing I can say is I like Belichick against Tua. That's a that's a matchup I feel good about. But everything else here, 
for fantasy purposes makes me nervous. My original instinct was, oh, I like the Dolphins. You're less than three. They're going to be one of my top fantasy defenses of the week. But then the more I thought about it, they're they're a really good pass defense team. Does that really matter to Cam Newton? They might be able to, to run it against them. And the coaching going against Belichick, oh, isn't great. And you said it without Devontae Parker. Jakeem Grant is out. Gesicki's out. Um, I like Lynn Bowden and DFS talk later, but <laughs> there's that gets pretty thin there. So I, I, I've liked uh, I'm sticking with Miami, but I liken it less. But the more I think about it to show you, I do do research for this podcast. I watched a lot of Lynn Bowden at, at college uh, tape the last few days. It actually is Bowden. I want to say OK, Bowden, I was going like to ask Bobby that, Bowden. too, because I've heard both. And yeah. that one I have no opinion of. OK, so it's Bowden. OK, thank you. Thank yeah. you. For, so for appa- correcting apparently me. it's Bowden. You hear my dog okay. barking in the background. So he's he's apparently a Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden yeah. Fenway? You think <laughs> of Lynn Bowden? Good. Yeah, I like the Patriots with Belichick here, but I. What can you play? Dwayne Harris, maybe yeah. for fantasy. Cam Newton's no confidence in the New England passing game. The funny thing is, I don't mind the Patriot receivers if they had that. The, the guys up front that they don't have. I, I think Bird would be a nice number three. I think you know, Harry's at least started to make a couple of plays yeah. lately. Really nice sideline catch in that Rams game. I think Myers is a decent talent. If you had like DK Metcalf in front of all those guys, right, you know, maybe it's not a bad offense, but they have no tight end. They, they keep drafting tight ends. They, they haven't really hit on one in a long time. So I think Cam's going to be – you think Cam's one and done with the Patriots? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have no clue what New England's going to do. I know it's been talked about multiple times, but I, I'm so looking forward to week 17 and seeing if he tries to tank against the Jets and, and, not, and keep Trevor Lawrence away from that division. I, that is like the most intriguing game of the season for me suddenly. But no, I don't know. You tell me, man, you're the Patriots guy. What are they going to do with the quarterback situation? I would definitely guess uh, that Cam is one and done, though. I feel confident Newton's not coming back, but you you make a great a great case about what might happen in week 17 because New England's just as interested in keeping the Jets out of that pick as the Jets yeah. may be in keeping it. We could yeah. see some really funny stuff yeah. where just odd situation. Oh, 40-yard field goal in this win? Nah, not not doing it, you know? <laughs> so, so, oh, no, Brian, Brian Hoyer gives us the best chance to win. We're going to start our best quarterback, you know? Um, <laughs> totally, I can't I wait. Yeah. Maybe, can't maybe wait. Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers yeah. still might be the best quarterback on the Patriots. I'm not willing to give up on that one. Seattle Seahawks. You know what they love to do? They love to travel to the East Coast and play 10, 10 a.m. body clock games. Uh, now, it helps that the NFC East is often hosting those football games, but Seattle makes the trip to the Washington football team, a, a team I was really in on until their quarterback got hurt, and Alex Smith did not practice on Wednesday. We'll have to track that story during the week. Football team is a five-and-a-half-point underdog at home. The total is on the tame side at 44-and-a-half over at BetMGM. Dalton, what are you doing with Seattle and Washington? I took the points. This team has won four games in a row, including three in a row on the road. The Steelers and Niners, their defense is really, it's its tough. Uh, but Dwayne Haskins starts this game. I obviously won't feel so great about it. But um, I took the home dog. Yeah, I took the home dog too. Um, Ch- Chase Young, we all know Chase Young is good. He was the number two pick in the draft. And if the Bengals didn't need a quarterback, they probably would have taken Chase Young. But it felt like his here I am, I'm the man, you know, good luck against me the next 10 years. It feels like that moment was against San Francisco where he just yeah. did whatever he wanted. And to see a, ostensibly a defensive lineman score on a 50-yard return the way he did, I mean, I play this guy on offense, you know, <laughs> make, him, make him your second tight end. Um, fantasy uh, nervousness in this game, Tyler Lockett has one touchdown in the last seven weeks. Yeah, weird. Uh, Ty- Terry McLaurin, I almost called him Kyle McLaurin, the hockey player. Terry McLaurin has three touchdowns on the season. And even though Haskins was the starter on opening day, I mean, I kind of feel like he's their third best quarterback. So they might be downshifting 
to Haskins. I actually wrote a blog that's up by the time you're listening to this on what to do with some of these difficult receivers. Do you have any advice for the Lockett or McLaurin owner if they're in the Week 15 playoffs and these guys just haven't been producing of late? Yeah, I don't. I mean, you're you're using them. You are because I. Uh, I mean, I still ranked him as top thirty guys, top twenty five guys. Uh, but McLaurin is definitely. His, he picked his last two, his two worst games of the season, the last two weeks when he hasn't reached twenty five receiving yards. Seattle was the worst team in the history against wide receivers to open the year, but they've quietly been much better recently. So I, I really certainly don't feel confident if Dwayne Haskins starts. I think reading the tea leaves that Alex Smith uh, is going to get the go here, but uh, I don't know. And then Lockett, I did not see that coming. I don't know if he's playing injured or what. It was a narrow tree there, and Russell Wilson was an MVP candidate. But, yeah, I'm really surprised how south his season went. Yeah, I mean, he's got just as many targets as Metcalf, but his yards per catch is like six or seven yards lower. It's the lowest YPC I believe, of Lockett's career. Hmm. With McLaurin, it's really simple for me. If Smith plays, I'll I'll bite the bullet and I'll play McLaurin. But I think if Haskins is the starter, I think you could proactively bench McLaurin. I think it's reasonable after the last couple of weeks. They're going to try to win this game 17-13. to Lockett, I think you just have to live with it. I mean, he's got eight touchdowns. Unfortunately, he had a couple of three-touchdown games. So you'd like those to be more equally distributed. But uh, I I think you have to just bite the bullet to Russell Wilson offense. And in theory, it's a narrow tree. It wasn't a narrow tree last week. You mentioned the Seattle pass defense. I know this is largely due to the schedule they've played. They've, they've hit all sorts of breaks. They played Colt McCoy. They, they played a, a struggling Carson Wentz. But they haven't allowed a wide receiver touchdown in five weeks. They actually have been wow. the hardest fantasy matchup over the last five weeks. I know it's about the schedule. I know it, it's misleading. And I'm not saying this is like a tough matchup all of a sudden. But this is what I will say. I think at least the defense has improved. I think at one point it was like a generational sieve. I don't feel like it's that bad anymore. I feel like now it's just a favorable matchup, but I don't feel like, I think we have to recalibrate how good the secondary is. I think it's upgraded from, oh my God, it's awful play everybody to, uh, you know, it's got problems, but it's not the giveaway it was in the middle of the season. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a slower paced game. And yeah, if Haskins gets to start here with the defense playing better, uh, it could definitely be a problem. He's, he's certainly worth considering your bench for sure. I still have to take the points. I mean, would this line really be 10 or 11 in Seattle? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I know yeah. if we, if we were to say home field is worth five points, uh, two and a half and you double it, which I'm not even sure. Maybe it's just two points right now, but um, this line looked a little bit bloated to me. Chicago at Minnesota. This is a line. I thought this line was going to be closer to maybe six and the, the Vikings are only a three and a half point favorite. You can probably get three in some shops, 47 and a half is the over-under. And I think it's maybe a reaction to the Bears are, are playing better football of late. At least they're moving the ball. 91 points in the three games Trubisky since he returned. And the Vikings, although they held the ball an awful long time, I think they had 38 minutes of, of ball control, but they were missing kicks all over the place. Cousins took a bunch of sacks. They only scored six points at Tampa Bay. I think it's a good spot for the Vikings. What say you? Yep, I thought the spread would be higher coming off a tough game of missed kicks. It could be a problem again this week, though. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I expected the spread to be a bit, a little bit bigger myself. I, I took the Vikings, and, and Kirk Cousins has been awesome at home this season. Um, yeah, Trubisky's definitely been an improvement at quarterback, no question about it. Um, they do have the better defense, uh, but I like the setup here. And, my, and Minnesota's quietly, a pre- typically a pretty well-coached team, so I took the Vikes. Yeah, I haven't checked yet. Is Bailey still on the roster? Have they not made a move yet? Yes, uh, and it, I thought at first he uh, Zimmer said that we can't worry about players' feelings, but now it sounds like they are going to roll with them again. So, yeah, that's that's curious because it's been a couple weeks in a row that he's really, really struggled, not just one game. That's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, um, I know. It was a tough kicking week, by the way. There are all sorts of misses. 
including in that Monday night game. Even Justin Tucker missed an extra point, although it was blocked. I'm not sure that was really his fault, but yeah, you know, Jets Cody had, was Jets had three before halftime. Yeah, Jets had yep. three misses before halftime. Yeah, Castillo yeah. was a was a was a missed kick machine. So I don't know. Maybe that maybe the kickers get nervous this time of year too. Jacksonville Jaguars, Gardner Minshew is back in our life. That that makes me excited. The Ravens off their fresh off the game of the year win at Cleveland. Lamar Jackson got his mojo back. Unfortunately, they're not going to have Hollywood Brown, uh, James Prochet, or Miles Boykin. They've all been placed on the reserve COVID list as of Wednesday. That's a shame because it seemed like Brown. I thought maybe he could have a springboard game after that. You know, he had drops all over the place, but he, he made the big play in the fourth quarter. And I thought maybe he'd do something against Jacksonville. Baltimore is a healthy 13.5 point favorite. Totals 47.5. What are you doing with the Jags and Ravens? I like J.K. Dobbins on your uh, DFS team, you know, taking over the lead back role there. And Hollywood Brown apparently might are going to miss this game. But for the spread, I'll take the points here. Gardner Minshew has got to be better than Glennon. Um, and uh, yeah, a short week for, for the Ravens. And maybe maybe even Lamar's not exactly 100%. So that's a lot of points for a team that can easily make a backdoor cover here. So I'll take Jacksonville. Yeah, again, yeah, because I I start with the with the underdog and I need to talk myself into the favorite. I'm at Baltimore. It's a short week. It's an emotional win. And I think Jacksonville can punch back with Minshew. I also think it's... I would I would trust DJ Chark. I think a lot of his slump has been, you know, Jake Luton. He had one good game with Luton, but you know, Jake Luton's not an NFL player. Mike Glennon's not an NFL quarterback, not a starter anyway. And Minshew's a guy. He's one of those. If you do the blind resume, player A, player B, you can create a lot of stat samples that make Minshew look like a, a bona fide NFL quarterback. I, I, I'm still not sure that he's not going to have a ten or twelve year career. Um, I was talking to Matt Harmon a few days ago, and, and Harmon was comparing him to Matt uh, to Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I think is a is an interesting comp. And you know, Fitzy's has ups and downs, but the guy played in the NFL for almost two decades, and at different times has been a serviceable quarterback. I I still think Minshew has some upside. Yeah, I'm using him in Team Huevos uh, League against our Andy Barons in a Superflex contest. I mean, uh, not the greatest matchup, but he runs also. Minshew, yeah, I like the comp with Brian Fitzpatrick, too. Slings it downfield. Has a healthy set of receivers there, too, now. And he said Shark and and Chenault uh, and Keelan Cole, a lot of air yards last week. So, yeah. Uh, I think I think Minshew in, in, is super flex. Um, like I said, I'm personally rolling with him in a in an important uh, Week 15 fantasy matchup that has Andy Barron's uh, tweeting out, uh, ma- making tweets that are not true, uh, photoshopping me. So hope, hope, wish me well, everyone out there, because we can't have Yo, Andy Barron making any well. money. I'm wishing you well. He basically spent the the Monday pickups podcast as a taunt session of P and L. Oh, you know, like what, what, what have I ever won in the expert leagues that we play in Dalton, but yeah. Darren's all over me. Oh yeah. Me. Yeah. He took you down last week in this exact league. So I will revenge you and it for sure. And, and take him down. Yes. I, I yeah. Do my, my comeback to Andy was that I wanted to get revenge in the Sin City league, Andy, but I, I can't find you in the semifinals. I'm, I'm doing the John Travolta, you know, the yeah, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, all around. Yeah. I don't see any Barons. I guess he's been yeah, eliminated in yeah, that league, but yeah. Yeah, in, in the Huevos League, I went from – I was in first or second almost the entire season. I did what the Patriots did. I lost my bye in the final regular season game, and then I played like dirt in the playoff game. I basically did the 2019 Patriots, and Andy Andy is the upstart Titans. But we all remember what happened to the Titans. They didn't go to the Super Bowl. That's absolutely right. Yeah, he's making – like I said, he's tweeting me pictures of me and Justin Bieber and, and partying with, with Mayweather and whatnot. But, yeah, he's – I got to take that. That sounds like you. You sound like somebody who would party no with celebs no no like that. You know, Chris yeah, Liss, no no Mayweather, doubt. Bieber, no maybe Shane Bieber. <laughs> uh, let's talk San Francisco 49ers, your football team. 
Um, are they making a quarterback change? I heard whispers about that. Is it Mullins? Is it Beathard? Does it even matter? They're three-point favorites traveling to Dallas, fresh off their dismantling of the Bengals in the Andy Dalton revenge game. Again, the Niners are three-point favorite. 44.5 is the total. I always come to you with all things 49ers. What are we doing here? I took the Niners at minus three. Mullins is starting this game, but Shanahan camp did said he did not promise he will finish it. Uh, mm. Jeff Wilson's a real nice fantasy sleeper this week. Mostert undergoing an MRI. He's been dealing with this high ankle sprain and now another deal too. So I think Wilson in this matchup, whom, whom Shanahan is clearly preferred to over Coleman and McKinnon's relegated to special teams. Wilson runs hard. He's a goal line guy. So like him uh, in DFS, uh, Ayuk, I love top 10 fantasy wide receiver this week. Uh, all the volume without Debo. Um, I don't feel great about it, though. The Niners could go either way. I mean, their season's over with. But um, both teams, uh, both teams B and C squads, you know, this game was originally scheduled to be Sunday night before the season. It looked like a, a possible NFC championship preview. And it's been um, not just uh, moved out of Sunday night, but for a game that's featuring Colt McCoy for that Sunday night game. So, you know, things have gone poorly for the Niners and Cowboys this season here. But I right. still took and, the and Cowboys. The a losing record, too. The Giants, yes. have, you know, they want the New York Giants who, who yeah. you know, are under 500 are going to finish yeah. the season under 500. Yeah. They want to get those guys into the pilot's chair. That's a bad I took the Niners too. Um, better coaching. I think Dallas's win was cosmetically a blowout when it was a lot of it was turnover luck. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think Dallas showed that much to me of, of them being a great football team. I still think the Niners, I mean, look, they, they're, I think top 12 in defensive DVOA, despite all the injuries they've had. I think Shanahan's actually done a tremendous job. It's He, he and Belichick, I think, have had great coaching years with unwinnable hands. You just can't win with the personnel they have right now. I think the Niners will take care of business here, so I spotted the points on the road. Cowboys' worst point differential in the NFC, and there's this something to note. The Niners are 1-6 at home this year and 4-2 and on the road. So that's actually dated back the last couple of years with Shanahan. They just don't really have a home field advantage, and that in turn means they don't really play much worse on the road either, though. So if you're going right. to factor well, that in here, too. So I, I kind of like the Niners here. The Cowboys are so bad. I just, I'm just frustrated with the Niners, but honestly, they should really boat race them here. It didn't help that two of their home games were played in Arizona. That too, um, correct. You know, so not not really a, a home field advantage to that. But I will checking checking here. Uh, my notes say that Dallas is actually a road game for San Francisco, so that would follow up that they're an interesting play here over at Bet MGM. Let's lay the three, or if you want, we'll put them in a money line parlay. You could you lay the minus one sixty five. That's always an option as well. I want to say a quick word about Detroit Tennessee. Uh, that game is off the board right now. We don't know the status of Matthew Stafford. Uh, I'll Dalton, you and I did have to pick this. I think at 10 and a half, it was the line uh, with the staff picks that we do with our friends at Rotowire. I just had to lay the wood with the Titans, in, in part knowing that maybe Stafford wouldn't be able to go. It felt a little bit like a cheat, but I know you guys are all going to pick the Titans probably too. So I, I laid the wood with that one. But uh, right now, the game's off the board at Ben MGM. I did as well, though, in our staff picks. And you and I normally take double-digit points reflexively. But, yeah, the, the, the idea of Chase Daniel or a really banged-up, broken rib uh, Stafford, uh, the matchup looks bad there. They're kind of a checked-out Detroit team. And it's almost a too-good-to-be-true situation for Derrick Henry. You know, it never works out so well. I mean, this matchup and how awesome he looks in December. I mean, talk about the, the Devontae Adams. I mean, what would you take if you were facing <laughs> Derrick Henry at home against the Lions now? You would obviously take 100 yards and a touchdown happily, right? I'd sign off on that really quickly, but yeah. also remember the problem with Detroit is they can't stop anything. Over the last five weeks, they have allowed by far the most wide receiver production too. Yeah. Yes. So if you're playing against A.J. Brown or even Corey, Corey Davis, Davis, I think you have yeah. problems. 
The the only thing that I'd feel good about if you're opposing Brown or Davis is that you just figure it's a Tannehill throws 29 passes type of day or, or 25 or 22. I mean, he, he won't, there won't be a shootout in this game. I can't see, even if Stafford plays, I don't imagine this would be a high scoring game from the Detroit side. Although Tennessee's defense isn't that special, but um, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of a lot of production from the Tennessee side. I mean, Henry, his over under for touchdowns probably starts at one. I would think his like, will Derrick Henry score a touchdown prop has to be like minus one seventy right now or minus two hundred or something like that. Yeah, I think he sat out the fourth quarter last week. He could do something similar this week. And I'm really upset at myself because I liked Ryan Tannehill entering the year, but I didn't end up with him on nearly enough fantasy teams, uh, even with Henry staying healthy and them not throwing it to him as much. But the poor defense and just the efficiency and, and the fact Tannehill runs too, man, he's he's really, really good. I think he's going to be a, a real nice top, going to settle in as a top 10 fantasy starter for the next few years. Yeah, he has validated that 2019 season, which was a little bit too good to be true. He's, he's come down a little bit, but still the efficiency is very good. He's got outstanding red zone stats. He almost never throws a pick in the red zone. And he's got, I mean, everybody's got, you know, good touchdown to interception ratios there, but he's got a very good set of stats in that area. And that's where the points are. Will be a challenge, though, if they lose offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, who's going to be a hot head coaching candidate. That doesn't mean he'll take a job. doesn't mean he'll find a job that he likes. I mean, he may want to stay and finish what he started at Tennessee. I don't know. But it's possible they may have to get used to a new voice calling the plays with the Titans. I think Mike Vrabel's a plus coach as well. Well, you, you come to our handicapping podcast. Uh, you obviously want to talk about the New York Jets. Uh, who did you know Dalton? They actually scored first in five straight weeks. I think that's a fascinating stat. I, Adam Gase, I guess, is a great five minute coach. He just runs out of steam for the next fifty five minutes. That they scored crazy. first in five straight games, so the, I guess the script is working for them. And just once they get out of those fifteen plays, things go haywire. As expected, they're a big favorite. Seventeen points they're catching at the LA Rams, who we talked about earlier is a good NFC conference champion prop at plus four fifty. It's a seventeen point spread in this game. The total is forty three and a half. What are you doing with the Jets and Rams? I'm laying the points here, and the only time I consider giving up so many points is when it's a, a defensive issue here, and I just can't really see the Jets you know, scoring a touchdown. So that's why I feel a little bit more confident here. I've uh, ranked uh, Cam Akers as my RB7 or 8 this week. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm laying the wood. Uh, I do not like big spreads like this, but man, this is a talk about a checked out team. Uh, the Jets are still, you know, pound Frank Gore up the middle on first and 10 down 20 points in the second half. So, um, yeah, give me the Rams. I think you make a great point that when we look at these point spreads that are this big, and you said it earlier, when, when point spreads are in the double digits, you and I often are reflexively going to take the underdog. But in the case of this, 17 is a huge number in the NFL. But I'm willing, and I, I took the Rams, I'll start by saying I took the Rams in this game, and, and it's because of what you kind of alluded to. It's based on the Rams' defense. It's based on the idea that I think they can hold the Jets very easily to 10 or, or fewer points. And if that if we start off with the idea that the Jets won't score more than 10, all of a sudden the Rams don't have to do anything special on offense to cover the number. Yeah, no, exactly. Also, by the way, the Rams have scored on, on defense and special teams three straight weeks too. I, I think they're easily the, the the best DST of the week. Although there's a couple of good ones. Baltimore's interesting too, but I think the Rams are the obvious team. And in my most important game um, up against James Coe in the uh, Sin City League, I have the Rams defense. I feel like Coe has better field personnel. I'm hoping the Rams can like make up 10 points for me. That's like one of the, that's if you had the, the big list of the check marks, I think Coe's getting a lot of them, but I have the check mark with the Rams defense. 
Uh, if it wasn't bad enough, if you're facing the Rams defense, this Jets team also has kicking issues. You know, as I said, three missed kicks before halftime last week. I, don't, I think they, they cut the Santiago Castillo. I don't know if they were going back to Chase McLaughlin or what, but that's not ideal either. So the Rams absolutely are uh, a very decent possibility of pitching a shutout this weekend. Maybe they, they should they should send Dan Bailey to the Jets and, and send Castillo to Minnesota. <laughs> I like it, know. yeah. See if a change yeah. of scenery See if Castillo can get the kicks working indoors or something. I, I don't know why Minnesota hasn't changed kickers because they're still in it. We're both on the Rams in this game and, and obviously a, a go spot for Cam Akers. You know, I, I thought he was great against the Patriots, but the offensive line and even the, the receivers and tight ends block really well too. I guess the tight ends are part of the offensive line, but the, the Woods and Cup had a really good edge game too. Akers was getting ahead of steam. And I, I thought this was true of Jonathan Taylor, too. I thought he looked great on Sunday, but part of it was because he wasn't being forced to make a decision while he's making his second step. I thought he had time to actually settle into the run. And, um, man, I was blown away by how the Rams just dominated the Patriots' front seven last week. First of all, let me apologize to Sergio Castillo. I believe I got his name wrong. Akers, okay. yeah, it's taken long enough. Dude, the, how weird is this in, in rookie running backs? I was thinking about this. I have uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is my fifth rookie running back ranked for week uh, 15 in fantasy here because obviously you got James Robinson and you got Akers and you got Dobbins and you have Jonathan Taylor all emerging and they've just frustrated uh, fantasy managers throughout the season and and Akers I mean man I mean people who drafted him are probably dropped him maybe even in some leagues but he looks like he's got Daryl Henderson got seven snaps last week so Jets have actually not the worst run defense but boy if there's a game script that calls for a ton of carries um I did the fearless forecast this week and I even added Daryl Henderson in there because a running back position so thin and b couldn't this game script just lead to a lot of Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson uh, in the second half and it's been a year where if you can figure to 10 plus touches are plausible, those guys, I mean, I, I, I'm in some deeper leagues where I have to consider Chase Edmonds week in, week out, because he might get 12 touches, even though I yep. know he can't get 20. So I appreciate you going deep for us on Henderson. Make out sure, you know, before you set your lineup, we do these videos. We do these fearless forecast videos. Dalton was the running back guy. I was the receiver guy this week. So, you know, they, they're putting some key talent on the on the big positions we want you to win. <laughs> In week 15, I mentioned Chase Edmonds. His team, the Arizona Cardinals, are at home. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites over the resurgent Philadelphia Eagles. New quarterback, new attitude. They upset the Saints last week. Six-and-a-half-point spread. It's a 49-and-a-half over-under. What are you doing, Eagles, Cardinals? Yeah, the important week 15, they gave Andy Barron's the, the bye week, no doubt. Um, I'm taking the points here, the Eagles. Uh, maybe I'm overrating one week. I know that Hurts' uh, YPA wasn't fantastic. It's a nice touch pass, back shoulder to to Jeffrey on that fourth down. The the It's a really tough Saints defense. So to me, right now, these teams are about equal. So uh, that's a lot of points for about equal teams. So give me the Eagles. Yeah, a lot of things going on here. I thought Hertz was good. I wouldn't say it was great, but I thought he was good against the Saints. Saints are an excellent defense. It was a tough spot for New Orleans, their third straight road game. Yep. Of course, they had no tape on, on Hertz other than just a few snaps at Green Bay. So it kind of a tough spot for them. And you know, they weren't playing with their number one quarterback, of course. But the Eagles might be down significant personnel in the secondary in this game. I don't really know who Arizona is. I, I was yeah. down on them into last week. And, and even though Arizona played okay, I thought the Giants lost that game more than the Cardinals won it. I mean, yeah, I thought Jones was awful, and I thought the Giants' defense played fine for most of the game, but eventually the offense was so poor, it just sold the, the defense down the river, eventually kind of collapsed. The Eagles' defense, at least the front seven, I still feel pretty good about, and we'll see what Arizona does downfield. Hurts has some mobility. He, he can, And, you know, just having Wentz 
out of out of the the quarterback slot, not having him on the field. I think that just gives the team, whether it's an emotional lift or it's a sense of urgency, or maybe it's even a little bit of pressure. Like, look, you know, there's no more excuses. We can't blame this all on Carson Wentz now. You better step up your game. I wasn't surprised that the Eagles at least played well last week, and, and I thought it was a very clean, legitimate win against New Orleans. So when I saw this spread at six and a half, I know all the analysis that looks full season is going to say that Arizona should be favored by this many points, maybe is even the pick, but I could only take Philadelphia in this game. And I believe Hertz also like didn't take a sack. The Saints had not Four allowed a hundred a hundred yard rusher all season, and the Eagles had two with, with him and uh, and Miles Sanders. So maybe I'm uh, I, I was wrong last week as uh, as far as the, this this Cardinals team beating up an NFC East team, and maybe it'll happen again this week. But uh, I think this is a coin flip, and 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 now with the quarterback upgrade, give me the Eagles. A uh, uh, defensive team, kind of physical, and Murray still not sure that shoulder's a hundred percent. Had to take the points as well. Well, here's our signature game. Of the week, I don't want to call it the game of the year because the Ravens and Browns game is going to be tough to top. But at least from a preview standpoint, Chiefs and Saints could easily be a Super Bowl preview. They almost played a few years ago. Um, I guess it was uh, Patriots were playing the Chiefs and the Saints were playing the Rams. And then, you know, the New England won in overtime. But those both overtime games. Anyway, we were really close to a Chiefs-Saints Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Maybe we'll get it this year. Kansas City sure looks like the heavy favorite in the AFC. KC on the road, spotting three. It's going to be another Taysom Hill game. Uh, the total is 51 and a half. What are you doing with the Chiefs and Saints? So I took I took the Saints and the and the points here, but uh, the more I think about it, the more I've been wavering. So this is a, a stay away for me. I can't wait to watch it. Going to load up in DFS, but um, uh, I don't know. Do you have a strong lean here, p and I don't. Because the spread is so low, and because this isn't a New Orleans home game of previous years, you know, there's not going to be the Rocks crowd and everything, and, and there's no breeze. I just started to say to myself, well, what would I do if this line was a pick 'em? I'd pick Kansas City. So I'm not going to let three points get in the way of that. So I took the Chiefs. I'm not going to bet on this game. It's not a conviction pick for me. Um, I have a feeling I may be against a lot of you in staff picks. So I'm going to be worried that this could be a, a game that I regret if I get wrong. But, you know, Kansas City's a weird team. They haven't covered. I forget how many weeks in a row it's been. They've won eight games in a row, but I think four or five in a row they haven't covered where it just seems like they're doing just enough to get by. Maybe they get bored at times. Um, the offense, they got Kelsey, maybe the first tight end to lead the league in receiving yards. What a story yeah, that would be. I know. Tyreek yeah. Hills had a monster touchdown season. I mean, Mahomes, obviously, uh, the the MVP favorite right now, although I do think Rodgers might win it. Ultimately, I, I feel like I, I just like Kansas City a little bit more um, but then, you know, the Saints, you know, maybe they refocus after a mediocre game. They get back at home. Their defense is so legit. But I always try to think that offense generally in the NFL controls the outcome more than the defense. So ultimately, when I have the great offense against the great defense, I'd rather bet on Mahomes than, you know, anything that the Saints have on their defensive unit. Imagine Kelsey becoming the first tight end to lead the league in receiving with having a teammate finish number two in the league, because that very well might happen with Tyreek Hill. That's just absolutely wild. Uh, Like I said, I do not have any conviction going with the Saints here, but I do like the way Taysom Hill's been playing, even with the the accuracy downfield. So I took the home dog here, but uh, yeah, Mahomes and the Chiefs there. It makes total sense what you're saying. If I if I value the Chiefs as the best team in football and home field doesn't matter that much, maybe I should be maybe I should be requiring more than three points here. I'll tell you, if you took Kelsey or Hill, they're always good picks, but I don't think anybody could have foreseen that their usage would be as narrow as it is, that that Edward Zilaire would be healthy for most of the year and yet do so little. 
Um, you know, Watkins, Robinson, Hardman, you can't really play any of those guys. Even when one of them gets hurt and gets removed from the mix, you can't play those guys. This offense is about the three amigos. It's about Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. And I was up against a lot of Kelsey and Hill last week. I, I think Andy had both of those guys. So good luck with that. I, yeah. I, I, you know, it's nice for you to have the Saints defense to fight, to fight them. Um, although I guess Miami did force Mahomes to three turnovers last week, but uh, those guys still scored a batch of touchdowns against me. It is, they are relentless. They just keep coming at you. Yeah, he'll even have the TD run last week. I think he matched Clyde Edwards Hilaire rushing production with that one carry. So there, they were the uh, sounds uh, about right. That was the right answer. That was the answer key if you stack those three guys on your season long fantasy team this year. I mean, because man, that's uh, that, that was that was the way to go. Props to my man Mike Salfino, who I know did do that on some best ball uh, teams, and um, also my man Steve Gleason in my zero one eight two four home league. Uh, shout out to him. He just beat me last week. He has Mahomes and Tyree Kill. Uh, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Julio Jones. I mean, what's a pretty good roster. Even with Julio having a down season, some good talent on that team. Uh, and, and yet, if I hadn't dropped Mike Davis, I think I would have won. He also threw a Jimmy Graham touchdown at me, which I thought was totally unnecessary. <laughs> that really hurt. I'm, I'm very scarred by that. Let's just move on here, Dalton. Cleveland Browns played a great game Monday. They couldn't finish it off, but uh, you know, you had to respect that they did do a lot of interesting things. Baker Mayfield was terrific. They go to the Giants, all defense, no offense. It's not clear if Daniel Jones will be able to go, but I'm thinking maybe the Giants are better off with Colt McCoy if Jones isn't healthy, and his pocket awareness was dreadful in that Arizona game. I thought Jones lost that game as much as anything else that anybody did for three hours. He just could not make good decisions, couldn't feel the heat coming, couldn't get rid of the ball. But you know, the Browns' defense, is that defense good enough to make them pay? Cleveland's a healthy four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Total is 44 and a half. Uh, it's been flexed to the Sunday night game. They didn't want your 49ers anywhere near that Sunday night <laughs> game. So they want the, the Browns and the Giants. What are you doing here? Yeah, I won't waffle on this one, even though it's a sucker side laying points on the road. And I also don't like traveling after playing Monday night. But I think the Browns are going to kill them here. Uh, coming off the loss, their their defensive line is going to eat the Giants uh, and whoever starts the quarterback, either a hobble, Daniel Jones, or, or Colt McCoy. Um, I, uh, yeah, I give me the Browns in that running game. I like when the Browns are bully playing from, from ahead. And I think it sets up well. Um, I'm a believer in Stefanski, man. I really like the way he's coaching. So I will lay the wood on the road. Totally reasonable. Um, I took the giants because of the short turnaround for the Browns and because I like that giants defense. And I, I don't think the giants defense did nothing last week that made me like it any less. I just think that was the product of the offense playing terrible. It just, turning the ball over. I mean, they, they had to make a goal line stand right when the game started and they did it, you know? Um, I still don't trust that Arizona. I, I, Cliff Kingsbury, I think is a total fraud. I just want to throw that out there. I know this has nothing to do with the Browns and Giants. I took the he points here. Not in love with it. Um, you, you know, it's funny. I thought Baltimore Cleveland might've been an, an under, and obviously that couldn't have been any more wrong. 44 and a half is the total here. That's a really low number. I, I still would have to lean towards the under. Cause I think both these teams, want to run the ball as much as possible. Certainly the Giants, if they have to play Colt McCoy, I, I think the idea would be to do what they did against Seattle, ugly the game up, try to win it 17-10. Crazy that Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, and Evan Ingram, the answer is none of the above. I mean, really? Like none of the four are going to have any in the being fantasy value? That's a little annoying. A but yeah, even, I, you know, Tight end is so thin, yet you can't trust Ingram. I like Slayton a little bit when Jones comes back, but he, McCoy doesn't want to press the ball downfield. He's basically a non-factor. Gallman, of course, is is always in play because he's got the touchdown equity and he'll get double-digit touches, although every once in a while they farm him out to other guys. Deion Lewis scored last week. 
and it was Alfred Morris, I think had two touchdowns the previous week or at least one. So, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe Gallman doesn't have all the touchdown equity there. So it's, um, this could be a difficult game for fantasy. You like the Cleveland running backs. Don't know how you could ever trust a Cleveland receiver. They really spread it thin there. And I think they'll rely on their running game on Sunday night. Let's get to the Monday night game. It's what everybody's been dying to see. The Cincinnati Bengals in prime time. They are 12 point favorites to their division rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers, coming off a two-game losing streak. And, and talk about low totals, 40 and a half. Do you have the stomach to go under 40 and a half? What are you making with the Monday night affair? I took the points. Maybe this is a get right for the Steelers coming off two straight losses and just bully a really bad team. But uh, it's also a team, a Pittsburgh team not playing great offensively, to say the least. A lot of points to lay on the road for a divisional matchup. So I held my nose and took Cincy. I took Pittsburgh. To oh, right interesting. interesting. Right. I think the Bengals could – I still think the Steelers have a good defense. I know they've lost personnel. But you know, for a half, they made Josh Allen look really bad. I dare Cincinnati they to did. do anything. Allen hasn't shown yeah. me a thing. They don't have any backs who are anything good. You know, Bernard got fumble-shamed. I actually picked up Travian Williams just to kind of block a Bernard uh, opponent from, from maybe going to Williams. But then again, maybe I should have let him pick up Williams and dare him to play Williams against me. I also have to – I'm not sure what to do with – I have Connor. I had to pick up Snell as insurance, but do I even want to play these guys? It's usually a, a running back tied to a 12-point favorite. Sounds great, but Pittsburgh yeah. can't run the ball at all. Uh, ben Roethlisberger doesn't like doing play action. It's the cheat code of the league, right? You run play action, you get splash plays. Ben's like, no, nah, I don't want to turn my back to the defense. It's just If I were the coaching staff, I'd say, hey, you're doing it. You're going to get comfortable in it. It's, it's such an advantage. You know, it's, Why would you not want to take something that the defense is basically conceding to you? I took Pittsburgh, not with any conviction. I, this is a very weird week for me where I would give a couple different favorites with double-digit points because it's just not how I operate. If you get nothing from this podcast this year, I would say you got to be underdog-driven. You got to be, you have to do a lot of zigzagging with teams that didn't look good the previous week and lines that overreact. That's the smart way to bet. It's not to, to lay 12 points on the road. That's generally not the smart way to bet. But here I am with a Pittsburgh ticket in hand. And it might be the, the same with the Rams. Maybe their defense just dominates these big spread here. It could be uh, Brandon Allen is banged up. Uh, Roethlisberger, uh, they've been doing a good job of getting the ball out of his hands quick with a few sacks. But yeah, you said it. Play action is the, the, the league's cheat code right now. And his refusal to do that is definitely an issue. And I'm out on James Conner moving forward. Um, very, very frustrating yet again. And, uh, yeah, this is not one I'll fight you at all. Uh, I, yeah, I, I took the Bengals, but uh, I probably will feel dumb by, by halftime here. The Steelers will, will, will roll here. Let's get to our DFS fade and follow segment. And we've uh, expanded the positions the last couple of weeks to give you more to think about. If you're, you're not in the fantasy playoffs, maybe you can take out your frustrations with some DFS wins. Producer Ragu is, is calling for Miles Sanders, $20 at Arizona. Uh, he went over 100 yards, most of it on a long touchdown run last week. Uh, the Hertz insertion has helped that offense. And, you know, it's, but even though Hertz went over 100 yards, I don't feel like Hertz is going to be like the dominant goal line guy there. I still think Sanders has touched on equity. So I can sign off on him at 20 bucks as well. Um, also, producer Ragu suggested that maybe I might want to take David Montgomery again, who I've been riding for a few weeks. So, you know what? The price has only gone up to 21 bucks. That has not caught up. He's the number two running back Montgomery over the last three weeks. And, Really good schedule going forward. I think he's going to be a league winner the rest of the way. The offense has more diversity and more of a chance with Trubisky playing with a little bit of confidence. I think Montgomery easily goes well over 100 combined yards. He gets a touchdown. I think at $21, he can return value, if not a healthy profit. Dalton, who do you like at running back? 
I like your guys' pick, especially Miles Sanders. It feels like those holes are just opening up with the mobile quarterback uh, there. I, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor, $29. Just, I think, borderline top five start this week against the Houston D, allowing the second most fantasy points to running backs. And uh, maybe Neam Hines gets a couple of the, the looks there, but Taylor's really kind of taken over back the backfield there in Indy and uh, better late than never. So I think he, uh, you've got to use him in that matchup. Let's go to the wide receiver position. Producer Ragu, the, our lock master. Likes T.Y. Hilton. And, you know, I'll admit it. I gave up on T.Y. Hilton. He had that 14-game stretch without a touchdown the last three weeks. I believe it's 477 yards and four touchdowns. So they've got him going. And uh, the Colts as healthy favorites on uh, at home against the Houston defense that can't really get anything right right now. I think Hilton is a, is a no-brainer. It helps to be indoors as well. I'm going to take Brandon Ayuk. I think $24 is the full pricing of Ayuk, but... You know, for all the sunshine, I guess I just want to talk about them because I know we like the guy so much. I mean, Pittsburgh gets their receivers right so often. What about the Niners? They come back with Debo Samuel last year and then Brandon Ayuk this year, who might be better than Debo. I I don't have any Brandon Ayuk um, this season. I didn't draft him proactively. And so I, I know that he's going to be on some of my teams next year because I got major FOMO. I don't see any reason how Dallas shuts him down this week. You're not going to hear an argument from me on that one. Lynn Bowden, $12.00. Uh, he ran the ninth most routes among all receivers last week. Uh, Gesicki, Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, all should be out. Um, New England's not great against the slot. So if you're looking for a cheap wide receiver, Lynn Bowden, $12. He can even run. He could even throw the ball. He can uh, kind of a, a jack of all trades. And I, I would consider paying up for Tyreek Hill at $34 this week. And I also like Amari Cooper in that same Niner game at just $19. He's so much better at home. So I like Cooper as another wide receiver option. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's go to the quarterback position. Uh, Ragu's running a interesting Philly stack. He's going to use Jalen Hurts, who's been bumped up to $27. We know the ultimate cheat code, or if you're Rich Rebar, the Konami code is a running quarterback. So I, I can sign off on Hurts at $27. I like Kirk Cousins to bounce back at home, $26 against the Bears defense. That's more name brand than anything else. I look. He's got really good weapons here. He, he's got Thielen, he's got Jefferson, one of the best rookie seasons of all time. Irv Smith, although he didn't get a healthy snap share, was really good last week with 64 yards and a touchdown. He may be a good sleeper for seasonal or DFS this week. So I think Cousins at 26 makes sense. Dalton, who's a quarterback you like? Give me Taysom Hill for 27. I guess it's going to be a high-scoring game back and forth at home against the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, you said it with the running ability. Well, Taysom Hill gets it done there, too. And quietly, a decent downfield passer, too. So give me Taysom Hill. We go to the fades, the, the players are trying to avoid in DFS. Uh, Ragu says, not so fast on Jared Goff. I can see it. This could be a game that maybe the, the Rams control on defense, control with their running game. Although the Jets are actually pretty good in run defense, and they're actually leaky with their pass defense. But I don't think the Rams ever want Goff to throw 40 passes in a game. And this could be one of those, everybody's wearing a hat on the sidelines in the fourth quarter. That could totally be in play. So I see the risk with Goff. 29 is a little bit rich. I'm not going to pay up for Kyler Murray at 36. I know he looked better last week, but he still didn't look like peak Kyler Murray. I think the Philadelphia front seven is very physical. And maybe they just don't, you know, Murray, uh, are they comfortable letting Murray run 12 to 15 times again or whatever level he was running at earlier in the season? I think that might be out the window for the rest of the year. So I think 36 is too much for him in week 15. 
I went with Russell Wilson as my avoid, $36 at Washington. It's the second highest price quarterback. Expect probably low volume. Seattle's gone more ground heavy. And if Dwayne Haskins start this game, I just don't see a good game script for Seattle. Uh, just be ugly. Facing a good defense, uh, a team that has an awful offense. That's not a great combo. Get to the running back position. Again, we'll start with producer Ragu. He says, say no to Zeke Elliott, 24 bucks, And I... I can sign off. I and mean, look, Tony Pollard looks like the better running back right now to me. They're not going to give Pollard the job, but I think he's going to cut in. I think he's got maybe a 35 or 40% opportunity share coming his way. I don't trust this offensive line. I still re- respect the San Francisco defense. So I can agree with that. I am not here to talk down on James Robinson, but I don't want to play him in DFS at 28 bucks. I mean, they're, they're double-digit underdogs. Even if Minshew provides a spark for the offense, you're still looking at Jacksonville maybe scoring 13 or 17 points, and maybe even Minshew could steal some of the rushing yardage because he's a handy runner at times. Certainly play him in seasonal, but I think 28 is just a little bit too pricey for James Robinson at Baltimore. Yeah, um, my avoid is Dalvin Cook, obviously, or using <laughs> and he's a borderline, I mean, he's a top three start every week, but against the Bears, who have a top five run D, uh, they're one of only three teams yet to allow a receiving touchdown by a running back. And Derrick Henry's $2 cheaper. Yahoo DFS is half PPR, so I would look to spend Henry at home against the Lions, um, unless you want to get contrarian in a tournament, but otherwise, uh, Dalvin Cook would be my avoid at the pricey $40. A couple of receivers that we don't like are in the same game, and then the Monday night, uh, which may not be in the main slate, but Chase Claypool at 24 is the ragu fade. You know, he's not Claypool's not a full-package player. I mean, he gets about 60 to 65% of the snaps every week, and not that you can't be productive with that, but I feel like after Claypool's monster game against Philadelphia, I think we've been over our skis on him. He's been a little bit overrated in part because Roethlisberger hasn't had a great season. Deontay Johnson, when I say him as a fade, again, it's a Monday game, so, you know, there may not be the full utility of the DFS fade there, but I think he's a seasonal fade as well. He's got 12 drops. Mike Tomlin's made it clear, if you can't catch the ball, maybe you're not going to play. He also credited Johnson for handling last week's benching favorably, and so I think they'll give Johnson another chance to play, but he's just one drop away from being in the doghouse again. I need to see it from Johnson before he's back in my circle of trust. I'm avoiding Terry McLaurin this week. Normally, I'd like to buy low on a player coming off his two worst games of the season, but the Dwayne Haskins situation is a problem. You said it earlier, Seattle has been actually like the toughest team against uh, fantasy wide receivers over the last four or five games. Um, McLaurin hasn't reached 25 yards in either of his last two contests. Um, give me Brandon Ayuk for $3 cheaper. Your guy, absolutely, this week in DFS over McLaurin. Yeah, we all we all share Ayuk. He's your guy. He's Matt Hartman's guy. I'm, I'm sure Dalton, uh, Dalton. I'm sure Barons and, and Liz Lowe's will like him too. Although maybe not Barons. You know, Barons might think Probably that not. Anthony Miller is better than Brandon sure. Ayuk. I mean, that's, that's entirely possible. Uh, Dalton, tell us, tell our listeners, and tell me, tell Ragu what you're doing the rest of this week. Yeah, just a sit start column coming out Friday. Yeah, week 15, a fantasy. Uh, yeah, fantasy playoffs. A uh, lot on the line. So check that out. Coming out Friday morning. Good stuff. Uh, have, uh, as I said, I did my receiver conundrum piece, which is out now. Uh, as you're listening to this, we talked about Deontay Johnson. We talked about Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, some of these guys. Uh, Antonio Brown, who I think is, why do they even bother signing him? I mean, I, I think Scotty Miller actually helps this team more than Brown, as silly as that might sound. So check that out. I'll be doing the Q&A on, on Sunday as a side piece to the Fantasy Football Live flagship show, 90 minutes before kickoff. Get you ready for week 15. And if you like podcasts, we specialize in podcasts at Yahoo Sports. The Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler is always a great listen. And uh, they're really good fantasy players, too. They talk a lot of fantasy on that show. In addition to NFL 
comings, goings, and issues, and always something going on in the sports world of college, NCAA, and uh, Wetzel 40, and Pete Thamel do the Yahoo Sports College podcast, a great three-man weave, talking football, talking basketball. I don't know if they talk any college hockey. I'll, I'll try to whisper in, uh, in Wetzel's ear and see if I can get him to talk about the, the Michigan Wolverines or the BC Eagles or something, but certainly a lot of football and basketball talk on that show. We'll get the bowl games coming up. The the championship is not far away, so you know, it'll be some good opportunities to bet over with our friends at BetMGM. Thank them for sponsoring that. One more shout-out to Planters. Keep those peanuts coming. It's the nuttiest time of the year. Why not get a canister of cashews and munch on them as you watch the Week 15 games? You can follow us on Twitter. Yahoo Fantasy is the main account. Dalton is at Dalton Del Don. Producer Ragu is Ragu, R-A-G-H-U, not Ragu. R-A-G-U. He's not spaghetti sauce. He's an excellent ace producer over at Yahoo. And I'm Scott underscore Pianowski. If you want to read my silliness, uh, if you want to send us questions, you want to send us love letters, advice, whatever it is. Tomorrow, Liz, Andy, the week 15 preview, everything you need to know as you get ready for your semifinal demolition. I'm sure Dalton will be listening to that, trying to, to get the advantage over Barons before lineup lock on the weekend. Until then, straight cash, homie. Punch some winning tickets. We are out.